0: Let's get ready to rumble!
1: Hello and welcome to Netflix vs Cinema, the podcast that is very tired, that's had a long day, and is currently trying to keep eyes open. My name is Tosin. I am your host, and I am based up in Coventry, near oh, in the Midlands. And joining me on the Isle of Wight are Sharon. Hello. And joining me from Bournemouth is Sean. Hello there. Hiya. Hi. We'll be back on the island shortly.
2: You'll be back on the island shortly. Oh. Shortly, yeah. How so. shortly? Are Have we you talking? got a
3: date for your moving?
2: For um, yeah, I'll, I should be back for like the thirty-first. So the end of the month, really, first of June. Okay, so okay. Time of, oh, oh wow. Oh, ooh, ooh, that's, that's, next that's week. soon. Yeah, not this weekend. Next weekend.
1: So. Yeah. How's your? Oh, are we? Oh. Okay, well, we're just gonna have a, like a little bit because apparently this is mental health or mental health awareness week. So I'm like, I'm just gonna ask questions. Like, how's your mum gonna do with that? How's your mum gonna feel with that? With you heading no back?
2: <laughs> well, I think she's we've been spoken about, it, and I think she's going to be okay. And we're hoping that the sort of they relax the restrictions a little bit more. So you know, maybe m- my sister or maybe able to keep a little bit more of an eye on on things. You know? Yeah. But we should we'll see how it goes anyway. See how it goes. So, because I know you I had think, a
3: place lined up to live, so you moving into that house that you're offered?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So oh, well, that's they, the thing is they want they want me back at work as well, so so I got some work, so I got a phone call. All right. And they so, and I thought All right. as so, I thought I thought as they've been paying me, I can't really <laughs> say no, can I? Really. Even, I mean, you know.
1: Yeah, even so, I'm gonna be honest with you, Sean, it does look like you have a pretty nice setup down in Bournemouth. It looks like yeah. it looks like you have a pretty sweet setup because okay, for, for those of you who do not know, it was Sean's birthday recently. In the past week we oh, yeah, celebrated yeah, yeah. Sean's birthday. Sharon, shall we do a very, very because it's over Zoom, a very convoluted and totally disjointed happy birthday thing? Yep. Yeah,
3: I'm sure okay. we can manage to clash quite
1: perfectly. Thanks, guys. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> One, two, three. Happy birthday, happy birthday. to you. Happy birthday, Happy birthday to you! To you. Happy birthday, birthday Shawnee! Happy, Happy birthday to birthday you! To you.
2: <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. That's really, really kind of. <laughs> really kind. We were, due, we were, you were well, as. You know, would we you like to have a big, big party? But you know.
3: Yeah, because you, things... you had the same as because Tozin led the way this year with his ending with a knothorse.
2: Yeah, yep. And I End had my decade. ending
3: with a naughty birthday. And then it was your ending with a naughty birthday. A but we were planning birthday. on having a big um
2: naughty birthday. Surprise.
3: Well, a big karaoke party, weren't we? I was looking forward hmm. to singing Islands and the naughty. stream with you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: Or something equally. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, perhaps we'll postpone it till November and then you can all come along with the, the November one. How are yeah, you fixed for the November?
1: Yeah, ho- hopefully. Yeah. Well, well at, at the moment, November's wide open because <laughs> nothing else is going to be happening. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, it's not as it's if we have any other plans to come with other things. Oh, no, but yeah. Uh, happy birthday for that, Sean. Um, as always, hope it was in better circumstances. But um, so very soon we'll be, having, we'll be able to say, essentially, we're going to cut Bournemouth out of our Netflix cinema thing. It's just going to be yeah. Coventry, Midlands, I Love Whites. Sorry, Boyman. Mm-hmm. You were there for a while, but now you're gone. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> All right.
2: Who um... knows? You might you might return. You never know. You never know.
1: Yeah, it might <laughs> do. If, if I do. So or Netflix vs. Cinema, as the name implies, if, you, if this is the first time you're listening to the show, and it has, I'll, I'll explain in a second, but it has brought, it has brought, it's been brought to my attention that there are actually people who just listen to the show, and the first time they listen to one of these episodes, might, or when they listen to one of these episodes, it might be the first time they ever heard us. So you might think Netflix a Cinema, what on earth are you talking about? We're in a lockdown, there's no cinema, how does this show keep going? And what we would usually... Um, go watch a couple of things on Netflix, watch a few things in cinema, weigh them up against each other, and then we'll figure out where have we had the best time this week? What has provided better bang for our buck? Is cinema dying because Netflix is just everywhere or the cinema still have something to offer? Now, cinemas have been taken away from us. We have declared Netflix the winner for, uh, well, I thought it was going to be for the rest of 2020, although cinemas are fighting and they're trying to come back mid-July. There's this whole talk about trying to come. cinemas trying to come back mid-July, and even when they they mentioned the lessening of the of the restrictions, the lockdown restrictions. Did you guys notice that on the, on the, on the graph at the end, there was, there was a cinema thing with a cinema ticket stub in yeah. it? Yeah. I haven't seen, now I have seen that. So what was yeah. that? So run that, run that past so, me one more time. Okay, so when Boris Johnson came on TV and he came and he said, okay, we're going to be re- releasing some restrictions. In phase one, you can go out do, and the whole really complicated thing he said, they had that arc that sort of like goes up high and then sort of like go, has like a slow yeah. slope. And in phase three, they mentioned the other things that you'd be allowed to do. And that was where they had the restaurants and the takeaways and things like that. And they also, so they and had- And there was cinema. And there was a stub. There was like a ticket stub. Like, you know, the old school stub that says like, you know, admit One or something like that on it. There was wow. an old school ticket stub in there. And yeah, it was... the
3: theatres and cinemas are at the end of the list, but they're
1: yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they are there and they're part pl- of the plan. So much so that superfan Nina- Sent me, a, sent me a screen grab from her. No, she, I think she filmed her TV and she was like, oh my God, did you see it? Did you see it? Ticket stops. <laughs> cinemas, they're coming back. But then- very, As long as
3: that downward trend continues though, isn't it? It's got to be that downward trend. So the R as, rate or the R whatever.
1: Yes, as long as the downward trend continues, that, that's, that was the idea, that they will bring cinemas back. And I think cinemas are pushing for mid-July. However, the yes. next day, when another minister was doing the- the sort of coronavirus br- briefing the ticket stub wasn't there so they had the plates for the restaurants they had like the drinking thing for like you know like a milkshake cup but they didn't have the ticket stub so i was like Ooh, yeah. ominous. <laughs> ominous. Yeah, it's ominous that. i'll tell you it but, does but, make you but, oh, wonder like oh sorry yeah. No, 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 no. Sorry, Sean. I just, I just realized that I interrupted myself giving an explanation of what we're doing in the, <laughs> on the show called Netflix Cinema. So, Sean, please hold that thought. Hold, hold on to that thought. I, I, um, I will
2: try and remember that
1: thought. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that, that was, that was I was like, please remember it. Hold on to it. And, um So what we're doing on the show, Netflix Cinema, is that the, for the first part of the show, we're splitting into three parts now. First part of the show, we'll talk about what our viewing habits have been like in the lockdown. So, because that would be Netflix and Friends. So, Netflix streaming things, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, BBC iPlayer, normal TV. Wow, who knew? Talking Pictures has actually made more and more of, a, of an experience on this show. The second part we're <laughs> going to talk about, we're going to talk about cinemas. And uh, we're going to, what we do with cinemas is a celebration of cinema where we interview somebody, usually a cinephile, usually a massive film buff, and we just ask them a couple of questions, but we'll get to those later. And then in the third bit, we talk about what what's happened there and, maybe answer some questions ourselves. So, Sean, what were you going to say?
2: No, I was just thinking, it was like, have you ever seen that, or recent, it was a recent movie called The Happening with, um, uh, with Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg, yeah.
3: yeah. Mark Wahlberg and, I mean, talk,
2: talks to plants. Yeah, well, when I when I watched in the news and it's all about this and all the countries are unlocking, Italy's unlocking, Greece unlocks Spain, and I wondered if perhaps, it's not some sort of thing, perhaps it was just like this strange happening that happened all over the world and, you know, it's going to,
1: it's just going around I'll, I'll, tell huh. you what my, I'll tell you what i tell what my wife thinks my wife thinks that this year might be the year of the biblical plague <laughs> yeah really because, well yeah because if you if you read the if you read the bible you read about like you know the story of the biblical revelation times. is it is that written revelation all that no no the plagues are with oh, old testament, testament. they're early on they're old they're moses was, they're, they're moses oh yeah either, either Genesis, yeah Genesis like god's of hmm. Yeah, that's right, yeah, with
2: the oh, toads he, and yeah, the plague. Yeah, and all or, that, even yeah, in the Ten
1: Commandments, it. Charlton Heston does the mm. whole thing, the, the, the right. plagues show up. In the, the, and so it's the fact that at the beginning of the year, you had the Australian bushfires, and those were like going all over the place. Then you had all these storms coming and smashing. So, I mean, in the UK, there's some people who have had it bad because they've been smashed by two storms in a row, had the livelihood, and then the coronavirus showed up. So you had wildfires, storms, this virus comes in and messes up the whole world and now we have swarms of locusts, swarms of locusts that yeah, are
3: devouring, <laughs> devouring great in East of the world.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> you're
3: thinking, this is all sounding very familiar. <laughs> this is all sounding... <laughs> when all we start very... getting gnats and flies and things, I'm not going to be happy.
1: Yeah, when the River Thames <laughs> no. overflows and there's frogs everywhere, we know where... <laughs> we, yeah, we know And there's rivers of yeah. the flood. That'd be nice. Yes. But, yeah, but yeah but rivers of blood. Isn't that really weird because i'm sure
2: like i mean i know that that's like is that in what book of the test test old testament is that in Then the plagues is that the first one genesis it's either end of genesis that, or yeah. beginning of exodus all right okay so but i mean with revelation because, but, because by exodus exodus yeah. is
1: all about the israelites leaving egypt and the reason right. they left egypt was because of the plagues so yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah carry on sean oh. Oh, yeah, 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 no. welcome welcome <laughs> to, go, bible, but... talk.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome to bible talk yeah welcome to bible anyway, talk with Sharon and Sean <laughs> one
2: what, what, one no one of these I uh, found a little group and it was good it, it is it is what you see and it was all like comic captions from the pre-comic code authority and all that you know and like suggestive things and it is, well, is this, you know is it's this, called,
1: you found a group on Facebook
2: it's a group yes yeah, it is you see what you see so it could be it's like double entendre sort of things you know like something kind of. Might be holding something and uh, anyway we won't go we won't go into what but it was really really funny but someone put in from a um, magazine from someone said it was the 50s and it said no because it's LBJ, so it's got to be 60s but it was it was um like a a racist thing it was like a had face it <laughs> said you gotta say who you like and who you didn't and it was like you know what what do you think of catholics what do you think of atheists what do you think of of Jews, what do you think of yeah and, and it was just this whole thing from so it was about I reckon it must have been about 1963 or something and it was in a comic and it was trying to make people aware of it's real interesting stuff you know <laughs> just like this thing why would they put that in a comic you know
1: oh so, yeah. oh so, oh it was, a, it was a bit like a, a bit of a McCarthy thing where you could like uh the, like the witch hunts yeah like... yeah you
2: could see if you was you know who you liked if you didn't like if you were tolerant and all that so you had like if you picked you had like about five different choices of little boxes with like little smiley faces in or sad faces or whatever. And then it, and then it would tell you at the end, it was like, you know, like you have those psychological things like I'll oh, we'll answer these 10 questions and we can tell you if you're a geek or not, you know? Oh or, yeah, 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 yeah.
3: So it's, or, and, oh, if, answer these 10 questions and I will tell what, you how racist you are.
2: Yeah. Or that's it, exactly. Or, you know, you answer these questions, what Star Wars character you so You ask, you know, that sort of, that type of thing. But yeah, no, I was thinking, my God, nowadays that would be like, you know, well,
1: terrified. would be horrid, wouldn't it?
2: It was accepted. It was accepted in those, it days, was, those it, days.
1: It was accepted. It was accepted. Oh, all right, now, Okay. Now with that, um, let's go into our viewing habits, what we've been watching. But first of oh. all, I was talking about the fact that people might be listening to this and something happened this week that brought home to me that people actually do listen to stuff that you say when you put it out there. So I had somebody called Lisa Smith get in touch with me. It was just like a random Facebook messenger thing that came through this week. And it was like, you know, um, Facebook gets in touch with you and it just sort of says, oh, hi, this person wants to connect with you. And every now and then you get that and it's either somebody who wants to sell you something or every now and then it might be somebody, it might be some picture of a woman who you're pretty sure is not the person who sent you the message, if you get one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I get those. It's normally
3: men in uniform for some reason. I get like, people who are pretending to be american colonels who suddenly want to be my friend it's like i don't quite believe that this american colonel is <laughs> seeking the, the, friends across the world <laughs>
1: yeah i wish that's what i was getting you see I, <laughs> what i usually get is like you know some toned some toned woman with a six, well, toned woman with a six pack in a bikini <laughs> and usually usually with like you know with like you know bad language oh no not bad language but like you know broken english and um and saying oh yeah i want to be your friend there's loads more girls where i come from that kind of stuff yeah and just kind of like uh <laughs> yeah n- n- no <laughs> no thank you but this this time around i got a message from a lady called lisa smith and it says i have just discovered your podcast they don't make them like they used to and i am really enjoying it
3: wow that's good
1: yeah, I know. It's crazy. So for those of you who are listening to this and might not have heard this before, we actually, we, so Sean and I, and you'll hear it in the interview that we did with somebody else later on, we, uh, the three of us have been pretty much doing um, this podcast. I've been doing podcasts every Thursday for about six years. Six years, <laughs> crazy, crazy. I know, it's absolutely crazy. It's absolutely crazy because I'll still be like, yeah, Sean and Sharon, they're, they're, they're like, you know, new friends. But when, I'm, when you say we've been doing podcasts for like, you know, six years, you're thinking, Oh, maybe we are old friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, so it's, Ed and she's, so she came across, but they don't make up like they used to. This is the first podcast that we did together. And she was like, oh, I was like, oh, how did you come across this? She she was having a 50s movie marathon and Guys and Dolls was the last movie she watched. She'd forgotten how much she loved it. And Gene Simmons is the most adorable piss head. In brackets, she twerks before <laughs> it became a thing. And I thought, why is there no podcast celebrating old movies? So I found you on Spotify. That she writes "Day of the Jacket." I think she might mean "Day of the Jackal," is unless there is a film called "Day of the Jacket." Is a favorite of mine, so I'm listening to it next. I don't remember us ever doing that, but apparently there's a episode of that. But she but she has just streamed yeah. "A Letter to Three Wives" on Amazon Prime. Now, oh wow, yeah, that was one know. of your
3: recommendations. A I Three saw that Wives. one on your recommendations. Yeah.
1: yeah. If anybody, okay, now, Kirk Douglas. Yeah, Kirk Douglas. They're gonna, if anybody's listening to this and I know like, this another there's sometimes on this podcast where we kind of switch and we become a little bit more like you know we, we almost become like you know the the advert the advertising thing for um for they don't make them like they used to because we talk about it quite a bit on the podcast we but bear with us bear with us a little bit so she uh, let's three wives is my hidden gem like ever one of my biggest hidden gem picks so like, if you've never seen this film track it down somewhere find it out it is awesome joseph joseph elman kevick's because the year before all about eve uh and she said that and i was like oh okay yeah this woman is speaking her language so apparently she just sort of came across she came across us and then she says um so i was kind of like oh yeah it's it's like how how did they don't make it like they used to lead lead you to me it's like how did you find me on facebook from that because i don't remember putting that link in there and she goes, "Don't worry, I'm not a loon. Well, I am, but I'm harmless. I'm a digger and I'm nosy. So I googled you to see what other stuff you've done and if you've done anything else. So when I'm work later, I'll listen to Netflix versus cinema.
3: Hey, <laughs> yeah,
1: wow, that's even
3: cooler.
1: Yeah, no, it's crazy. So it's kind of like so that makes me think. Oh, you know what? People do actually do listen to this, and people <laughs> people actually do find this. Oh, wow, that's that's kind of cool. So Lisa, hopefully, will be on a later. Uh, she will be on a later show." And uh, we she'll be one of the interviewees. I mean, just so going digging a bo- bit more into this and how on earth, like, you know, how on earth you found us. But just randomly out there, you put stuff out there, people find you. So just wanted to let you know, Sean, Sharon, somebody listened to your voices and they like them. Oh, <laughs> that's
2: cool. That's cool. That's
1: cool. The other thing um, is, well, okay, with, with what has started becoming another uh, sort of like side feature of this show, of trying to figure out what people look like based on what they sound like, you, I'm not sure whether you guys noticed did you see um, Yatish responded with a picture of what he looked like on Facebook
2: no I didn't I am seeing
1: seen it yet, I saw that honest.
3: picture yeah sorry my brother just called me on my phone that's why it might not be funny um, yes I saw that picture he is not he doesn't look much like 50 cent does he <laughs>
1: <laughs> no he doesn't look anything like 50 cent <laughs> like he looks nothing like 50
3: cent. I don't think I'm very good at this game <laughs>
1: So, so yeah, it looks nothing like fifty said. and uh, and yeah, uh, Sean, you gonna have a look at it and see see how different he looks from what you thought he looked like. We're waiting on I will Sandy. Do, yeah, we're waiting on Sandy from last well, week yeah, to see I... what she thinks of what you guys said. Yeah, what have you been watching? Okay,
2: so yeah, so I've been I've sort of, as I say, basically because my mum watches the TV. Yep. She watches the Chase and and or like head heads and that. So what I do is I sit on my computer with the headphones and I generally, so I can look at that, I because she has the subtitles on the TV. Yep. So I might occasionally say, I do love Richard Osman's House of Games. So occasionally <laughs> I'll shout. So I'll be watching something on YouTube, like what have I been watching? I've been watching um hypothetical, <laughs> it's a weird thing to watch, isn't it? Hypothetical, like if Australia versus New Zealand in a conventional war, who would win? And oh, like yeah. if China took on the USA and it's all that sort of stuff and and then so the other one was all world war ii stuff this thing called mark felton productions which is like the last air battle of the world war ii and that's so, it i mean there's just so much stuff on there really yeah. i'm tempted to you know just spend the trouble is i get it's like going down a rabbit hole isn't it the more
1: it, it, it totally the more you is. click the more
2: it comes out it says you might this might interest you this might interest you. a bit like netflix it goes, because you watched this and it's amazing you like where this. you
3: can end up when you follow those things can you click on those yeah. links it's That's amazing it. where you end up. You can end up watching some really random stuff, and you think, "How on earth did I get here from where <laughs> yeah, I was?" I know. But it
2: was—it's—but <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's great that, you, like you say, going down a rabbit hole. Because there was a, a thing that I that goes was all about Hollywood. You know, like because I was saying on the Western things, and I'll probably do a post tonight. But it was saying who was the fastest draw in Hollywood. You know, out of all the Hollywood stars, mm. um, and you know, it was—it was like um, Sammy Davis Jr. Would you believe? Consistently was the really? top draw because they, well, they have this yeah, and Jerry Lewis and Sammy Davis Jr. and then Glenn Ford, but um, they have this. Apparently, it started off in 1958 in uh, Berry Farm, which is in California, and it was like they they used to they have this competition where they had the fastest draw, and the, like all the Hollywood cowboys and that used to go and and so they could say he was the fastest. So, but for about four years running, it was Sammy Davis Jr. Oh
1: wow, fastest you know
2: real. <laughs> It's just real
1: draw, sort of thing. Uh, so, right. yeah. And Sharon, what have you been watching?
3: Well, I've been on Netflix and I finally I finished watching the season four of The Last Kingdom, which is based on a Bernard Cornwall series of books about the Kingdom of Wessex. It's like it started off with King Alfred and it's now moved on to uh, King Athelstan and his descendants. Yep. So, yeah, I've been watching that. A well, bit of historical drama.
1: It, it, How is is historical
3: it? accurate is it? Oh, probably not at all.
2: Right. <laughs> <Because laughs> I love the way you said that. Because
3: it's, it's all joined Shaman, together Shaman. by this... <laughs> it's joined Shaman's together Grace, by this one character like, called Uhtred. Um, and obviously he's fictitious. So, well, they do have Uhtreds in the history books, but this, if this Uhtred manages to get basically everywhere. He's at every major battle. He sees every major event and he happens <laughs> to be, you know, in the centre of all the goings-on about the whole the, the, right the, the battle the right between the Vikings mm. and the Saxons. This is before the Normans were in the picture. This is like that. About 150 years before the Norman Conquest, It's the, the, big, the big battles fought across England's soil was with the Vikings versus the, the Saxons. And bear in mind that the Saxons were invaders from about 150 years before that. So it's basically one set of invaders fighting another set of invaders before the, the, the final set of invaders come along. Is, is, is <laughs> it just like... the
1: Normans? Is is it kind of like you know um, I don't I don't know what that period of time is called, but is it is it kind of like you know the Forrest Gump of that time period, just showing up with all these major things? Just sort of showing up. It's like <laughs> I happen to be here. I happen to be here. I met this guy. I met he, that guy. He
3: does, but he's yeah, not in a comedic way, but yeah, he happens to be the greatest warrior. He's the the greatest lover. He's the greatest fighter, <laughs> and he um, he basically is he's, he's in there all the major historical events of the day, and uh, so he does manage to swashbuckle his way <laughs> around cool. and it's called the Dark Ages that period is called the Dark Ages because it's the time of the Anglo-Saxon Chronicles so we know a bit about it but it's very biased what we know, we only know it from one side because the Vikings were not writers they weren't chroniclers, they yeah. told everything verbally uh, so I, it's the Dark Ages because we don't have a lot of written history about that period of time apart from the Anglo-Saxon that, Chronicles
2: you, uh, Sharon, you need to see this programme documentary, it was called In Search of King Arthur and it was about Tintagel, and it was saying, and it went up to Northumbria, and it went up to fantastic, fantastic, and it said that it wasn't a violent times at all. Then they've got all this evidence of there was it was absolute. So there's like a big trading, big trading between the Angles and the Saxons and oh, yeah, the Vikings. For about um, four,
3: five hundred until the Vikings started uh, coming. Yeah, we had and, about four, five hundred
2: years of and, peace. And up in York and all that, they they they've because they can do that ultrasound of the ground now and all that sort yes. of stuff, can't they? And they've done, this guy's been there about 18 years and he's like got a map, he's mapped this picture out. And apparently it shows all these little settlements, Viking and Anglo-Saxon, but they were trading because they have gone underneath and they were sort of trading. And Tintagel wasn't actually Arthur's Castle, it was like a major, major place where they would mine tin and they would trade sort of all around Spain and everything else like that. Really, really interesting. I'm pretty certain it was called In Search of King Arthur and it starts off at mm. Tintagel and they they found this massive all house and base. all that. But yeah. real interest. Yeah, it so that a, was a, something I did see. Me. But
3: that was made to be. I was into... Um, I go through these spaces where I had particular interest in Switchfield's history, history. And I was really into King Oswald of Northumbria for a while. And so when I went to visit my friend in North Wales, I did drag her around the battlefield <laughs> where he was killed. And I actually... It took her to... It's it office and all that. Well. That's near um, Oswestry. But it's named Oswestry mm. because where Oswald was crucified. Uh, so when I mean, his body was dismembered, and all sorts of well, awful things happened to him. But I did drag her to where his body was allegedly left, and the, the miraculous well. And she was not the least bit interested. But bless <laughs> her, she did spend the other day with me, <laughs> following in the footsteps of King Oswald and Penda and all those other sort of ancient kings,
1: okay, it, <laughs> and horses. It's funny. It's funny you say that. It's funny you say that because coming up later in the show, we will have. Um, we have an interview. This today is with Patrick, and we're going to talk. And and essentially, a bit of the interview talks to is things that you know. film buffery has dragged other people into things that we're really really into and we end up dragging somebody around who doesn't understand who doesn't share it and i was just like oh for goodness sake why Why?" and he he has he has quite he has quite a good story about that where you have somebody doing like you know a massive essentially you can just imagine the person with him doing a massive eye roll going oh for goodness sake why do i know this person (laughs) so the, the last kingdom is that an ongoing thing or is that something that you have you have you finished the season now
3: I finished the season. There's, this is the fourth season, but there are currently, I think, eleven books and counting. And I think it's up to sort of midway point in the book, so there is potential for them to keep going.
1: Okay. Um, oh. So,
3: but it is an ongoing thing, yeah. So they they started off on BBC and then it went to Netflix, and so Netflix have produced the last um, at least the last one and a half seasons, I believe.
1: And uh, So, what would you rate the fourth season? How many stars would you give it?
3: I enjoyed it more than I thought I would because it is very, you know, it's all about the desirability of Uhtred, and so, <laughs> and that girl. <laughs> and so, but I enjoyed it. So, I thought it was entertaining and yeah, daft. Uh, so, I would give it a four star. Oh. I would say it's certainly worth it's certainly worth wasting an evening watching. I watched, I think, all ten episodes over. I didn't watch it in a binge watch. I watched it over two weeks and like okay. two episodes at a time. So, so, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was worth spending an evening on.
1: Is, is Bernard Cornwall the hornblower guy?
3: No, he's Sharp. Very oh, similar, sharp. but That's um, it. Okay, yeah, sharp. sharp.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's it. He's, because I know that there's a... And the Winter he's King. And the Winter King.
3: He's done loads of books, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah he did a great a, series of
3: books about um, Agincourt. All
1: right. There, because I know there's an author called Wilbur Smith who has a character yes, called yeah. Sean something in South Africa. And the way he writes this character, you can be like, this guy is just the person who he wishes he could be. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, kind of, he's kind of like the Boa, the Boa James Bond.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he is very so yeah. much like Richard Sharpe in that regard, is that Sharp managed to be at basically every major battle in the Peninsula Wars. I mean, (laughs) it isn't physically possible for like one regiment to be at every engagement, but Sharp managed it. You know, he was he was there. He he he
1: um, was that
3: awesome. Yeah, he was just everywhere.
1: He was just that (laughs) awesome. All right, cool. And for me, the the and and
2: and oh yeah, one thing about Sharp, I just oh it's gone. I just one thing about Sharp, he was they did Sharp's Waterloo, and he's uh, how it happened, I don't know because they're miles apart. But one minute he's at La Haye Saint, and the next he's at Hougomont. And they're like, oh, yeah, he's the, uh, at either, the either end of the battlefield.
1: Yeah, he's know, at all, it's all the key events.
3: He's at like, the cavalry charge, then he's at the Huguenot, he then he's at the squares. <laughs> he's everywhere. All,
1: all <laughs> in the name of teaching kids history. Well, yes. well or, or, or living vicariously through someone who never existed <laughs> alright so finally uh, the final thing of what I've, of current viewing habits have been so I've been watching a lot of I've been catching up with the, you know when you record things off your Sky Plus box or in my case my yeah. Virgin TV box I've been catching up with a whole bunch of stuff I'm trying to clear it out that where I set up a series link. so I've been watching a lot of that but the thing I want to talk about is The Last Dance The Last Dance which is the, it's the documentary series about Michael Jordan and the 1990s Chicago Bulls Although, I, yes, I think I, I mentioned saw it before, it, but... yeah, mentioned it you before, did. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it finally because they're only releasing two episodes a week, and they released the final two episodes this last Monday that went past. And I finished watching it, and I have to think that this it is it's you. Have you ever had a TV series where you know it's going to end at some point, and you get really annoyed about the fact that it has to end because you know that the ending is never going to be as satisfying as the ongoing thing that you were learning about. Yeah, and this is this is a TV yeah. series that I, I totally had that with, and I think the ending is a little bit of a letdown. But I think a, a big part of the ending being a letdown is the fact that it had to end, <laughs> if you if you get what I mean. So it was yeah. I was just enjoying hearing all this stuff. I think the storytelling in it, as I said before, it's some of the best storytelling I have seen the way it sort of linked everything together says this happened and it takes you back in time to this happened. And then this character comes in and then that character comes in and this will happen with his person. And that's what happened with that person. I just feel like the the way it linked everything together was, is masterful. It's really, really great. And you don't have to be a sports person to actually enjoy it. You don't have to be into sports whatsoever. You know, honestly the way that they focus on the characters and there's a lot about it that what is so, what it's kind of like, what makes a champion and uh, of in, texted back and forth with my cousin about it because he's a massive basketball star and he just sort of talks about Michael Jordan and he says Michael Jordan's mentality is insane and it is insane because this guy it, there's a particular scene in, the, in it where he's he's playing a, a game with some guy with the, just sort of like you know the security guards at the Chicago Bulls stadium and it's where you flick your, you flick a coin and see who can get the coin closest to the wall and even even in that, he is so competitive. And you can <laughs> see when, when the other guy gets the coin close to the wall, the look of, the dark look of thunder on his face of, how dare you beat me at something? You're like, good Lord, this man's crazy. <laughs> He's crazy, but he, he is, he, I mean, at that time, he was, and everybody in the documentary. So, because there is a bit of a wrinkle in that, this documentary, even though they don't say it on screen, it is partly produced by his production company. And so it is, there's a little bit of hagiography where it just kind of goes, oh, he's amazing. He's amazing. He's amazing. Everybody's saying he's amazing. (laughs) There's a little bit of that in there. And so once you take that in there, you go, okay, fine. But then there's some things that they put in there and go, well, the fact is he was amazing whether he's the one telling you or someone else telling you, he was amazing. He was the biggest star in the world at that time. I thought it was an absolutely brilliant documentary series. And the only thing I was sad about was that the fact that it had to end. And because of that, I would give four four out of five stars. But if you can, catch The Last Dance on Netflix.
3: okay, because I saw it, but I know nothing about that sport. I know nothing about the people who participated in it or the culture around it. So I thought, I don't know if there's anything in there for me. Uh, But it sounds there is
1: there is there is one of the things my cousin mentioned is because while all these things were happening we were in nigeria and nba hadn't come to nigeria in a big way and we didn't really have access to it so there's a whole bunch of history we missed out on so for us having to watch this and actually going oh my word this is what was going on in the background we didn't know that we didn't have any clue about that ah this is it's absolutely fascinating for to see a historical document of a time you actually lived through but something that you just had absolutely no idea about it's 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 fascinating it's great and i'll say sharon watch the first episode And then tell me if you think there's something in this for me or not. Because I think it's just brilliant. The storytelling is brilliant. And now we get onto the cinema section of the show. As we said before, what we're doing during the lockdown is we are speaking to cinephiles. We're speaking to normal people who just absolutely love, borderline obsessed with cinema. And um, this week we spoke to Patrick, who was referred to us by Sandy, who was on the show last week. So Sean and I, because when she told me this guy is a film buff, He's loved film for a long time. He's 70 years old. And I was kind of like, okay, I think he and Sean are going to have some overlap. And I need to get Sean on this call with me. So Sean and I had a chat with Patrick over Zoom. And the funny thing is, even though I was like, oh, we're going to speak to Patrick over Zoom. We're going to see what he looks like. Therefore, that means that Sean can not play his favorite game. What do they look like based on their voice? <laughs> 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 however, however, Patrick's webcam was not working. So we did not get to see what Patrick looked like. So we could still play that game. And for the first time, <laughs> in, the, for the first time in the history of the show, because I, usually everybody who I've spoken to have been friends of mine who I've known for a while for the first, I don't have a clue what they look like so I can play as well. Yay! Yay! (laughs) But, but, uh, but, but but you can go first then Toast. Oh yeah, but a bunch of the serious stuff. First of all, we're going to have to listen to Patrick, listen to what he has to say and, um, yeah, talk film. Here's Patrick. Thank you so much Patrick for joining us on the Netflix versus cinema interview, the lockdown interview. Thank you so much for joining us. (laughs) You are very welcome. Uh, now you were re- referred to us or you were shall we say we were referred to each other we were forcibly put in touch by our mutual friend Sandy who who when I interviewed her for the podcast said yes you got to speak to Patrick you got to speak to it's going to be awesome he's going to love this. <laughs> so do you want to tell us a little bit about your background and why it is that uh, Sandy was so 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 uh what's the word effusive no or so adamant yeah adamant that we speak to you. Okay.
0: All right, well, I guess um, I almost literally grew up in a cinema because my mother worked in a Granada cinema in Acton in West London. um, And she worked in that cinema from, you know, when I was virtually born until I was about 20. Um, And throughout that time, I spent many, many, many hours in the dark, um, in (laughs) the magic of the dark, um, I also got a job in my teens as a, an usher, so I actually oh. worked i worked there too, which was great, except if it was a poor film Hello? You, you had to watch it seven times <laughs> okay yeah so um that that started my absolute love of cinema and it's never left me i've always always absolutely adored cinema um i like i think I said to you earlier um that uh, I like. Uh, I've got quite eclectic tastes in in cinema. I like art house stuff. I like foreign language films, but I love Hollywood. I love blockbusters, and you know I've got favourite directors like everybody that you know I tend to like their films. Yeah. By and large. Yeah. So it's film is just very much runs through my veins,
1: really. Oh, cool, cool, good stuff with that. And so you said like uh, um, your mum worked in a cinema. You were pretty much born in there. If it's OK with you, would you mind us telling us what year that was? I was born in 1950. Um, so
0: we are looking when I was like nine years old, I think I'm right in saying it was the uh, the peak of um, the second peak of cinema uh, going in this country. I think the first was in the 30s. And then it died away, and then it came back in the fifties and early sixties. I can remember queues around the block, around the (laughs) cinema, to get in to see things like Summer Holiday with Cliff Richard, you know, and stuff like that. Um, So, 1950s. So we're talking about the the mid late fifties and early and mid sixties until I was in my teens, Um, and you know, that's when I stopped, uh, you know, kind of. Be spending a lot of time in there, but uh, I've always loved cinema. Always, always, always have.
2: Well, in a... yeah, I, th- if I sh- can totally hear what you're saying there. I think the trouble is what happened is in the the, the sort of earlyish mid 60s. A lot of lot of cinemas started converting to, to bingo halls and the like, don't they? I remember they <laughs> they used, used to be a lovely the modern cinema. It was the modern, absolutely, you know, all art, all old art deco with like. You know the Art Deco thing with the big sweeping.
0: I certainly do. I certainly yeah. do. Yes.
2: And that turned into a. That turned into a. A bingo hall. The one thing I I used to like was that you could have during those days you, you they had things called continuous performances, where you could, you, you know, you weren't you were like kicked out. It wasn't like you could go in and you could stay in all day if you wanted to because yeah, you didn't have any time and. Um, I think I've said this before in a few blogs with, with uh Tozen is I remember one school half term, the film Zulu was on and I think I must have seen that. It was half term and there was three performances a day, like a, a matinee, early evening and late one, and I, I remember staying in and watching it through in glorious seventy millimeter Panavision, vision, you know. What I mean that was yeah.
0: no, I know I know the film well. In fact, that was one of the ones that was on when I was an usher. So I I can still remember quotes from it, and I can remember "Men of Harlech," which was the song that they sang as the uh, the, the warriors were coming towards them. And um, yeah, great film, great film. Yeah. Michael Caine, of course, um, amongst others.
1: Yeah. So so now, well, Sean was saying about talk, talking about these sort of things before, and we the first ever podcast that we did together because I think Sean and I um, we've been doing podcasts for. It, it doesn't feel like it, but it's about six years. We've been doing...
2: Wow, man. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, that's crazy. <laughs> we've, been, we've, been,
1: we've been meeting up most Thursdays in the last six years to record, to to ramble and prattle on about film. And the first one that we ever did was one called They Don't Make em Like They Used To, which was based, which was done uh, because we were on the Isle of Wight and the average we were on, we were on hospital radio. The average age of people in the hospital was fifty five. So we said we're only going to talk about films made pre nineteen eighty. And we would okay. go and interview people and would ask them all these sort of questions and stuff. And so when Sandy was telling me about you, I was like, oh yeah, we need to speak to him. And I think <laughs> I think like um, because let's, I think you and Sean, you both had your first experience in a cinema in a time before I was born. So it's pretty much an era that's dead to me because you're speaking to somebody who never made it into a cinema until nineteen ninety six. Okay, <laughs> and um so uh, uh, these are the questions that we love, and I think that there's so much that you can tell us about. I really really want to go into your into like you know I think you can have a whole podcast on the usher stories of your your stories as an usher in a cinema. Are uh, you were already yeah. highlighting that on talking about what having to watch the same film seven times, even though it was a stinker. I, I have so many questions I want to ask about that. <laughs> but, but for the purposes of this, we're going to try to keep it. We're going to try to keep it because I'm pretty sure we're going to get you back at some point, Patrick. We're going to get you back. Okay, at some great. Point. I'm, I'm game. Yes. And we're, so we're going to ask some of these questions. Sean, sure. You, Sean, obviously, as you've been doing, jump in whenever you hear something that gets you going. Every now and then, I just have to keep Sean like a, like keep keep the brakes on Sean, and then just sort of, like <laughs> let him go because Sean's, like he's a he's a, a excitable so like he's like oh oh yeah ah. <laughs> So if Patrick says something that gets you go that gets you going, Sean, go for it. But okay, I so, will do. I will do. I will but, do. But so Patrick, if you could just tell yeah. us so the first question that we're going to kick off with is what is the first film that you saw in a cinema?
0: Okay, the film, the very first film I remember intimately, I was about five years old. It wasn't a contemporary film; it uh, it was an old film from 1939, an incredibly well-known film. And the film was The Wizard of Oz. Ah, um, and I can remember vividly uh, the uh, the witch and the the monkeys, the flying monkeys. And you know what, I had I had nightmares for <laughs> for quite a long time because of that film. Um, but there was something else about it because it's very magical. And um, you know, it's got the famous scene where it switches from from black and white into color.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: when Dorothy lands, when the, the house lands from the tornado and she comes to, and she's in Munchkin land. Um, And I've got to tell you, um, there's a very famous quote from The Wizard of Oz. And um, I waited all my life. Three years ago, my wife and I were in Kansas. And uh, as we drove over the state line between Kansas and Missouri, I said to my wife, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, uh, it's a great film. I still love it. I still watch it with great regularity incredible performances from the, you know, the, the scarecrow and the lion and the tin man. I mean, it's just an amazing film. Um, so that was my very first film. Five, about, I think it was about it was mid fifties, about five years old. But of course the film was actually made, I think in 1939. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think, I think that happened a lot with, it's like the Disney films. I seem to remember all the way up into the seventies because I guess there was no video or TV or anything like that. Even the old films from, Uh, you know i I often remember school holidays they'd show dumbo yeah seven Dwarfs, and i mean that was in the the 70s you know they were still showing the the disney movies of a of a weekend so i know what you mean it's um and the wizard of oz is like you know timeless really well it's a
1: perennial isn't
0: it yeah Yeah.
1: so so okay i just i have a question about you waiting your whole life to go to Kansas just so you could say that line (laughs) I, i want to know what what reaction did you get from your wife was it like, uh oh my God, this is what I married, or oh. yep. <laughs> you got it you got it in one we've been we've been together a long time, we been married forty
0: years, and um uh we were actually there because of her because her grandmother was born in Kansas, and um we were doing some family history and um but but yeah, I got the kind of rolling eyes and the you know <laughs> oh no um but i I thought it was a brilliant moment, I so looked forward to saying that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, i can i can totally imagine it i can imagine that you, you're just gonna be sat down there going you know what i'm not even sorry no, <laughs> i apologize for nothing because uh, it's a bit like uh, because my favorite film of we've spoken about this before it's my favorite film is the blues brothers with Dan then oh, yeah. john Belushi uh, uh we, sure. yeah i i absolutely love the blues brothers uh it was it's almost almost like something that got passed down from my dad to the rest of the family and I ended up in Chicago, where most of Blues Brothers is set. Yeah, and it didn't even occur to me when I was going to Chicago that that's where the Blues Brothers was until I got there and I opened up a newspaper and they were talking about some, some, um, some uh, like a retrospective about Chicago and them filming. The, and I was, oh my, oh my god, this is it! This is it! <laughs> and I remember walking, dragging my friend who actually lives in Chicago around the town to all these different places where they'd filmed the film and more or less having a meltdown, going, oh, this is it. This is where the car fell apart. Oh, this is the Cook County yeah. Assessor's Office. This is where Steven Spielberg comes out. And she's like, what the hell is wrong with you? And I'm like, you don't understand what I'm going through right now. <laughs> so so I, I get it, but I totally understand that you might have gotten a massive, massive eye roll when you said that. Yeah, just a bit, yeah.
0: It's it's
2: funny when you go to places that have been in movies. I mean, I went to Pediga Bay where... Um, oh.
0: You know oh, where that is. Sean, thing Sean, I, I can't believe you just said that. I I was on the tip of my tongue. I was about really? to say, and I went to Bodega Bay in California where they did the birds, and you came out with it. How about that? Oh, I know. Well, I've,
2: I've had this with Tozen before, Is it's almost like I, I, I don't know if it's mind power or what. <laughs> I don't know. But Tozen, how many have the, I said I was just going to call you, or you've said the other And I've right
1: given you this. a call, yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, the thing but yeah badiga bay and um sebastopol and all around that area the, 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 you know it's um it's it's quite amazing really i mean i i i'm a big america file i mean i love it i love i love um i love i love america and uh, but that that i remember that but the house yeah. the actual house where the some of the birds are filmed is is sebastopol i think the actual there, there's a yeah. house actually in the bay the, the the house is
0: there that's right yeah yeah, yeah, no, well, that was really spooky, that, because I, I was literally, quite literally, <laughs> when when um, Tosin was saying about, um, you know, going to Chicago, and I was about to say, well, I had a great experience in California, because, I mean, you know, being a Hitchcock fan, yeah. and I, I go to Bodega Bay, and it's the
1: birds, you know,
0: how weird.
1: Uh, all right, okay. uh, yeah, you see, now, see. I, small this world, is what... Small world. This is why I thought it would be a good idea for the both of you to talk. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay, Sean, just one thing, you know the, you know your head for your head? I say one more thing as well. I know it was a TV series, but it was a film, Twin Peaks. a Place called Snoc Falls near um near Seattle, not far out from Seattle. Oh,
0: okay. Okay. Yeah. I remember Twin Peaks. That was David Lynch, wasn't it? A bit lynchy. How, how do you yeah. feel about Lynch films? Do you like uh mixed. Mixed, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. he's hot yeah <laughs> when that for me when they don't work they don't work big time um uh but he's a very interesting director i mean very very interesting i mean twin peaks was a trailblazer yeah
2: yeah how how are you on like the older i mean i know they were more on t more on tv was like the old um errol Flynn films like robin hood or gary cooper like um you know or or those sort of films you
0: know the uh, I'll, I'll watch films from any period, um, and particularly classics. I mean, you know, um, obviously you, you've got some great sort of Bogart movies and, yeah. you know, which which people catch up on. Uh, one of my favourite um, films from the 40s, a uh, film noir, is uh, Double Indemnity.
1: Ah, with, uh, oh, Barbara Stanwyck.
0: With yeah. Barbara Stanwyck, exactly, and Fred McMurray. And that is a great film. That is a great film. I've actually got that recorded. It was on the box recently. And I've got it recorded and I'm looking forward to watching it again. I've seen it maybe four or five times over the years. But yeah, so to answer your question, Sean, I do, I do like old films a lot. Um, in fact, one of my favourite films of all time is a uh, uh, an English film from the forties, which is Brief Encounter. Um, oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 I can practically I can practically <laughs> quote Brief Encounter from oh, beginning wonderful. to end
3: because I've seen it
0: so many times, and I love that film. I like David Lean as a director. Um, but i yeah. just absolutely love that film that that kind of restraint and that sense of time i mean it's very dated obviously but you know it's dealing with emotion and and love and i i just think it's a great film
2: it's 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 still a still a classic isn't it still a classic film oh, yeah. i mean i think yeah there's I, I remember a film and i know i just, i'm not normally into it, but i think there was a film i think it was called random harvest and it was where or it might have been on waterloo bridge but it was where i think it was um one no, time someone like but anyway yeah there's i mean well there's so much isn't there really so i mean normally that's tv fair you see them on tv and i quite often see them and think yeah i'm going to catch up on that and see well
0: yeah we, we've got the wonderful channel talking pictures which does a lot How of films from yeah. the 40s and 50s and and i i love that and and what i'm starting to do is catch up with films that i remember contemporaneously from the sort of late 50s and early 60s mm. and they come round again on talking pictures. I saw one the other day um, very strange film with Hayley Mills called Sky Western Crooked.
1: Oh good um, lord.
0: <laughs> very strange film um <laughs>
1: do
2: then, you know that? <laughs> uh, the, uh, that, that i don't actually i don't actually know that
1: one. sharon I, I, sharon does sharon loves because no, no. <laughs> because this, this is the thing all right uh, uh, this is pretty much turning into an episode of our first ever <laughs> podcast they don't make them like they used to because <laughs> they don't make them like they used to which you can still find on all good podcast providers everywhere one of the last episodes we did of that sharon brought up sky west and crooked as wow. well we used to have uh we used to have our, um, the 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 structure for that was that we would have four films each episode so we would have yep. a bona fide classic that everybody agrees this is a classic we would have yep. a hidden gem that not a lot of people know about but we think this film needed d- deserves a bigger audience we would have a a patient interview so the patient will either answer the question was well, the first one we saw in the cinema or your favorite film of all time and then yep. we, at the at the last we would have a we would have a uh, Exception to the rule, where we talk about a film made after 1980 but still deserves praise. That we still, sure. st- yeah. And we, and uh, one of the last episodes, Sha- Sharon brought up Sky Western Crooked with Hayley Mills as her hidden gem. How well, how weird, how weird. <laughs> oh, good look. Oh, if only we'd found you, like you know, when we're doing that show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and
0: talking of classic films made after 1980, another favorite film of mine is Witness with Harrison Ford. Oh, yeah, the Amish country. I think it's a brilliant film and it
1: still holds up very well today. Uh, oh, okay. All right, so, now, oh, before we go on, I just have to want to say one thing because obviously we had some technical issues with. Um, Patrick not being used to Zoom and not knowing how to get into the whole thing and everything like that, we are currently speaking on a Zoom platform that has been provided by, I think Sean, I think this is actually our first ever sponsor of the show that we're mentioning. Bro, <laughs> oh,
2: excellent, excellent, yeah.
1: They haven't given us money, that's going to come in the future, Sean, but, <laughs> but what they have done is that they've made it possible for us to have the Zoom facility so that if need be, we could phone in on our, on our phone. So I'd like to thank Neil Chauhan of Pure Hosting. Pure Hosting in Coventry, They are yeah, who thankfully, thankfully took a bit of his bank holiday, set this up for us, and then left to go make something in a tandoor oven. So, but, but Neil Chauhan, thank you so much. You guys rock. Thank pure, you. Pure Hosting for all of your website needs. If you need websites for a small business, get in touch with Pure Hosting. Purehosting.com. No, PureHosting.co.uk um, in Coventry. Anyway, now. I'm going to move us on to the next question before Sean asks something else that gets us down another rabbit hole. So, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. so what was the last film you managed to catch in the cinema before the lockdown happened, Patrick?
0: Well, do you know what? Um, I I, I did. Could you, you told me what questions you were going to be asking. I did think about this, Tosin. And, and I'm afraid it's a toss up of three films because I saw I saw three films in rapid succession. I can't remember the chronology, um, but one was uh, Little Women. Mm hmm. I really enjoyed actually I thought it was a it was a you know a good solid um, you know Hollywood and obviously it's a famous uh, famous story famous film yeah um, the other one was 1917 which I found very very powerful yep incredibly powerful um, I mean I'm a big I suppose I could say I'm a, a Sam Mendes fan you know I, but um, but the other one the hidden gem if you like uh, very gritty um, was a, a, an extraordinary film called Motherless Brooklyn, um, with um, Edward Norton. Uh, Edward Norton, exactly, who who um, directed Class. it as well as starred in it. I thought it was a great film. I thought it was really, really powerful. Very, very powerful.
1: Yeah, I think because Sean, you caught Motherless Brooklyn out of the. You, you reviewed I, Motherless Brooklyn on the on I our did, regular I show. I did. Yeah. yeah. I did. It's yeah. One of those, one of those
0: three guys. I can't remember which one was the literally the last one I saw.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I um, th- yeah, I mean it's one of those ones that sort of came and went really. Not many people were, were, uh, you know, but I, it was because sometimes you get a film. Uh, it's the, that's the problem with the island is you'll get a film and it'll just be like one performance in an afternoon on like two days or something like that. So sure, you you, you know, there's yeah. I mean there's absolutely brilliant. One of my favourite films actually, up in the top, my favourite films is a, is a British film. It's called Seventy One. Um, and oh, that yeah. was that was that was like I was so lucky to catch that film, and I'm so glad I did. And I'm, I've, you know, I've seen it since. But it's a it's a top movie. It's about um, in Northern Ireland in the Troubles in Northern Ireland, just starting off. Yeah. And uh,
0: I don't know that one. Um, it's worth it's worth a watch. It, yeah,
2: um, it directed was, by it was sh-
1: directed by a French guy called Yann Demage. Yeah, uh,
2: and it was it was shot on 16 mm so it's got that grainy 70s sure, 1970s sure. feel about it.
1: Well, my Good. son would be interested in that because
0: he's an historian and he's very interested in the troubles, um, he's always reading stuff about, you know, um, Belfast and, and Northern Ireland, yeah. and um, you could probably guess from my, my accent, uh, my uh, name, I've got Irish connections, my, my dad was from Waterford City in the south. Um, oh, wow. And so, you know, uh, it's part of my cultural her- heritage being yeah. you know, over half Irish. But um, but yeah, so I, I'll pass that on. 1971. Yeah, yeah. it's just called 71. Oh, 71, 71. sorry. Yes. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it takes part in
2: that, you know, and it's it's just at the start. And it's, uh, so, yeah, it's really, really worth a watch. And I'd like to know, hopefully we'll have a chat again soon and all that. And if your, your lad had seen it, he can let us know what he thought of it.
0: Yeah, well, he he's very good. He's very critical in the nicest possible way, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's,
2: it's it's a bit of an odd film because it starts off like a normal film and then it goes a bit a bit. Um, okay. A, but, no, I wouldn't say apocalypse nowish, but that, that, in that but sort of but, behavior, but like, essentially,
1: Sean, this is a film that you saw and it immediately jumped up into like your top three films of all time. It did, yes, it did. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Say another film you
0: close. you reminded me of another film that starts one way and sort of morphs into something else. It's called Sunshine Over Leaf. Do you know that one? Uh, sunshine sunshine or... Over Leaf. That's Sun- a musical. No, su- yeah. Sunshine Overleaf It's a great film. Yeah. I I think it's a really <laughs> interesting
1: film that. But anyway, I, I anyway, yes. uh,
2: Okay, we're so... going to have to spend we're going to have to spend some more time together just <laughs> to <laughs> be able to...
1: This is why I said like all these people who are interviewing in this lockdown period, I think we're going to have to get them back onto the show at some point. But <laughs> but okay, so with that so from the from your Okay, so my the last film that I saw at the cinema was a film called Fantasy Island I would not recommend it Sean, okay. the last film Sean saw was a film called Bloodshot starring Vin Diesel which Sean, Sean gives his oh it was okay really which I interpret as it wasn't that good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but but from the films that you said of the last three because this, this is spread over a couple of months the films that you've chosen there it sounds like you are probably a little bit more discerning in what you go to the cinema to watch
0: um i don't know about that i I, i'll i'll go and i mean i like you know i like big big blockbuster films i like superhero film you know i mean i i just i just like a lot of uh i just like film you know it it doesn't really matter (laughs) um like to think i am discerning with some you know some things you read a review and you think oh yeah that looks really interesting um the one i haven't seen of course is um oh the um the one that won the oscar the um the uh, Parasite, oh, uh, oh, which is meant to be very, very
2: powerful.
1: Oh, 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 oh. You can oh, see that one. Parasite, yes. <laughs> Parasite, yes. Very, powerful. very powerful. Apparently, go go mm. watch it and don't go let watch it. don't let anybody anybody tell you anything before you watch it. <laughs> yeah. Don't, okay. If somebody okay. tries to tell you something about what Parasite is about, kick them out of a window. Do not <laughs> don't let anybody tell you anything before you watch that film. Yes. Right.
2: Oh, uh, all right cool it's funny we should talk about that because that's like a that's like two different films isn't it
1: yeah parasite is yeah. would change around through yeah, yeah parasite is you, you just do not know what you're letting yourself in for <laughs> i'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get a am not gonna get a spoiler alert here am i no no you're yeah, not no, <laughs> no, no no no
0: no
1: i've trained sean i've trained <laughs> yeah because I, I will watch it i will definitely see it um anyway. Yes, yeah, yeah. Paris, like great great film, great film. Alright, cool. So going on from that, what you were saying about just loving film and yeah. um the so next question is why do you love going to the cinema? Why do you think going to the cinema is a thing? What what is it about it? Why has it had this draw on us so that even though there was a time when it had a monopoly on where you're gonna watch something, and then everybody got TVs and everybody thought that would be the death of cinema, didn't kill it. Then everybody got video, video things where they could, re, uh, re, video cassettes, and that didn't kill cinema. Why do you think it's a thing? Why do you love it? Why do we keep going back?
0: Okay, well, that's very easy for me. Um, I mean, nothing for me uh beats the experience of uh, of cinema uh, okay it's dark and darkened auditorium sense of anticipation excitement a live audience sharing the emotion um that thing that you sometimes get with films that have a, a wow ending either you know positively or negatively and you kind of troop out of the, the cinema with all the other people, and you're all in kind of stunned silence. You know, you just can't replicate that. You've got to go to a cinema, and I'm going to say it. I I just I just think the bigger the screen, the better. Um, uh, I, I I'm okay about going to multiplexes. I'm okay <laughs> about watching small smaller screens, but you know what, Um, until you see it on a big screen, I mean, I went to see um, Brief Encounter at the National Film Theatre, a number of years ago now, on a Saturday afternoon, uh, and it was an extraordinary experience, because I don't think I'd ever seen it on a proper cinema screen. I think I'd only ever seen it on DVD, on, on television. Of course, it works on television. Yeah. But, um, but seeing it in the cinema was fantastic. Um, but, yeah, it's all those things, really. Yeah. Um, I think the big one for me is the sense of anticipation and excitement. I, you just don't get that when you're going to watch a film on television. You don't have that same, you know, butterflies and, oh, wow, well, you know. And, and, of course, you've made the effort. You've, you've got ready and you've made the effort to go to the, to the venue and, you know, pay your money and, and go in. And I'll tell you the other thing. I've got a secret um, vice. And my secret vice is I love going to the cinema in the afternoon, um, (laughs) which... I completely disagree with my wife on because she doesn't believe you should watch films in the afternoon and I said well if I was a film critic I'd be watching them at 10 o'clock and nine o'clock in the morning yeah you know they watch them all day long but I, I love watching films in the afternoon I guess it's from all those years in the cinema with a torch um, you know and starting at like lunchtime and finishing at nine in the evening you know cool.
2: that, big screens big you can't beat big screens can you you no. just cannot. The bigger yep. the screen, the better. Agreed. Um, you, you know, and like when the the, the the period we're sort of talking of fifties, early sixties movies, they did make those glorious big Panavision films, like you know, um,
0: how the West uh, was
2: won. How the West was won, and and mm-hmm. y- you know, yeah, um, Fall of the Roman Empire, and and
3: ben Longest and day. all
2: those Longest Day, all, yeah. all big. And to see them, and, and, and I totally agree, that if, if there's a movie you watch on TV, yeah, it's okay, you can actually go to the cinema and see it, retrospectively, and it is a whole different experience. It's a whole different experience. So. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah, because
1: in, in Sean, we do have a man who has travelled, Who, and especially when you live on the Isle of Wight, travelling somewhere is a bit of a deal. You've got to get on a ferry. You've got to drive somewhere. You've got to, you've got to make an effort. And <laughs> uh, you're talking about, Sean, I mean, because you went up to, I remember you went up to London, to Leicester Square. I did, yes. Just to see, what was it, the Hateful Eight on the biggest oh, The Hateful cre- Eight, yep.
2: Yeah, the Hateful Eight Roadshow, an extra 17 minutes. You've got a programme. You've got a break. <laughs> You got an overture at the beginning. I mean, you used to have. I remember Battle of the Bulge when that was at the cinema. They they they, they used to play an overture. So you know, you go into the cinema and you sit down, and then all the music would be played like ten minutes before the actual film started, and then you'd have a break.
0: So when you when you saw to, the hateful eight, Sean, did they uh, have a? Um a girl with a tray and some Cura orange juice in it.
2: <laughs> no, they didn't quite do that. That was still, I mean, you had to go outside and or you could put orders in. It was a bit like the theatre where you could put your yeah. orders in and people yeah. go to the bar and get them, I think. Because but there was an intercession was not in there. Yeah. So, yeah. Um,
1: intermission, there, sorry. Yeah,
2: yeah, there was an intermission, yeah. But yeah. I mean, the whole the, the experience, I remember going to see Empire Strikes Back at the Odeon Marble Arch, you know, and, and they, yeah. they, they played the sort of refrain and You've got curtains that would open. They go and the music would play, and it was just yeah. like it, it was glorious. It was like whoa! It was it was a proper proper experience
0: to go to the cinema. And and it's and, quite interesting because that that shows how the cinema kind of came out of the theatre experience. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you still have a stage and you have curtains, even though there's no people behind. There's a screen behind there, but it's the same concept and an intermission and all that stuff, isn't it?
2: Yeah, there, there is. There is um, there's the, the film theatre in Bradford, which which I went to a couple of years ago. Yeah. And in October they have what they call the widescreen weekend, um, and they they so and then the celluloid Saturday. So it's it's one of the there's three three places in the world that can show Cinerama films. Yeah, I think one's in Seattle, one's in New York, and one's in Bradford. Can you believe yeah. it, Bradford? Well, yeah, they had
0: there. the fir- they had the first IMAX, didn't they, in this country in Bradford?
2: That's right. And I saw how how the West was won in original three-strip Cinerama. I mean, yeah. it was a bit scratchy. And it had been restored, but and the guy spoke about it at the beginning. And you know, you can imagine that even though the film's not a particularly good film, it was an experience. And I swear that at the break, when you've got um, Debbie Reynolds singing, away, away, come away, and an old Gregory's looking. I was in tears. it really, really, it was an experience. It was an experience. So yeah. uh, we should all go. Really, I'm gonna, one, one year,
1: I'm gonna. Oh, we we have that. We'll, we'll have a we'll have a podcast weekend. trip. We'll have a podcast trip. I'll tell you what. We'll go. We'll go to Bradford to what? The, what do you call it, the widescreen weekend? Yep. Okay, I'll tell you what. Okay, one one year when we are all allowed back outside, once we're all allowed back to, into the cinema, Sean, you organise it. We'll all go to Bradford and we will record the podcast from the widescreen weekend in Bradford. How about that?
0: That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be and, cool. We'll, and we'll and yeah. we go out for a curry afterwards.
1: Oh <laughs> right. yeah, 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 yeah. There's um, yeah, we could do that. That'd be <laughs> that'd
2: be good. So yeah, it's wide, widescreen weekend. I mean, you know, once upon a time in the West, uh, you know, just fabulous on the big
1: screen okay yeah. all right cool so patrick we, we promised you half an hour we are pushing that i think we might have pushed that's that That's okay that's <laughs> yeah. all right but but this is our final question that we're going to ask is that what are sure, you most, what are you most looking forward to seeing in the cinema when they reopen
0: well i'm really i'm really sort of sorry and embarrassed about this one because um i have not earmarked any particular film at all uh but what i would say very much on this is that you know just the thought of being able to pick up the phone and book a ticket for the for the flicks and to go and to watch a film, I will watch anything that's released, um, you know, post lockdown. Um, as I say, I don't, I'm not one that's. Uh, you know constantly on imdb looking at all the films in post production and you know what's being released in august and all that kind of stuff with with the exception of the blockbusters that used to be come out in the summer you know the the the, the big is but yeah, um, so i haven't actually got a, an answer to that one, i'm afraid toshin i'm i'm, I'm apologise for that but uh, no, i don't uh, i just can 't wait to get back into a cinema i
1: don 't really care what 's on <laughs>
0: <laughs> good. that's a good that 's a good answer
1: <laughs> <laughs> no i think don't, don't, no need to apologize whatsoever. I think this podcast and this especially this bit is not about having the right answer it 's about having it 's about what cinema means to you and it 's about your personal yeah. experience of it and if you don't have anything to look forward to or if there 's nothing that you 've earmarked rather then hey i think just the simple fact that you're like uh, it's been taken away from me once it come back once it comes back i will watch any drivel you put in front of me just to be just to be back in the cinema i totally get that i totally yeah,
0: tot- yeah. I, I used to say that if it looks good if it's visually good I don't care about anything else if it looks good it, it's got me it's hooked me you know <laughs> don't care about the plot or the characters or whether it works or if it if it's
1: visually stunning because
0: it's a visual medium you know yeah yeah if it's visually stunning i'm i'm all there you know
1: yes all right cool thanks for that and now that I've, since we've been doing this interviews there's a whole bunch of questions i've there's a whole bunch of supplemental questions that i've had that have come up to mind oh we could ask this we could ask this which is why i think we have to bring people back and one of them is oh well is your most unique cinema watching experience good your most unique cinema watching experience bad and also favorite cinemas you've ever been in those are the other questions and with what you were talking about being an usher and all that kind of stuff i know that that is i know that's another hour of chat <laughs> <laughs> i i know very well full well that's another hour of chat so we hope to get you back on the podcast thank you uh, so i would much. love to come back yeah thank you so much for being on this time um tell anybody tell your son if you want he can he can listen and he can critique us and tell us how we don't have enough things about northern ireland no problem. We'll, we'll be fine. We'll be fine with that. But yeah, if, yeah. Where we are on Twitter, at Netflix versus cinema. That's Netflix vs cinema on Facebook. As Netflix vs cinema. And if you want to get in touch and you want to have your interview or you want to be interviewed about your views as well, please do get in touch, and we would love to get you on at some point. But Patrick, once again, thank you so much for being on. And Sean, is there anything final yeah. you want to say?
2: I was just going to say, it's been Patrick. It's been a real pleasure. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. I still can't figure out what you look like yet. But I've, got, I've, got, I've got about, I've got about four ideas. So I write them down and I, I do an amalgamation of them and I see, and then I let, I let, I'll let you know before, before I see you. But it's been a real, real pleasure to talk to you. And thanks for coming on.
0: Well, the, the sentiment is mutual. I, I've really thoroughly enjoyed this. And may I say to the pair of you that it's, it's absolutely wonderful to talk to people that know about cinema. <laughs> that, you know, can, can reference things that, that actually ring a bell for me, you know. Um, so it's been, a great, it's been a great pleasure, truly. So, and I'd very much love to come
1: back. Oh, uh, thank, thank you thank you very much patrick we we look forward to it that was patrick thank you once again for being on the show with us so what did you guys think of patrick
2: he's 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 a lovely chap isn't he really I, I, it'd be great to um to meet him in person i think just sit down and have a really good chat and one day hopefully we will we'll, um you know have a chat but uh yeah i've i've sort of i i've I got a mental picture of him so <laughs> okay. so i yes. think yeah, which would we'll, be quite we'll interesting but
1: I, keep your power yes, dry what he looks okay. like yeah
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah no i think he's a a well knowledgeable nice
1: guy oh uh, right. i oh uh, but i didn't quite like your idea sean of what, what was it called is it the the widescreen weekend or the big screen weekend or what yeah oh
2: yeah widescreen weekend yeah 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 yeah
1: no that um so sharon what do you think about what do you think about patrick what do you think about the
2: interview
3: well i thought it was a, a good interview and um the fact that he started off as like you know growing up with his mum working in the cinema and then being an actor in the cinema, and but wow, what an amazing first film to see The Wizard of Oz at the cinema. Yeah. Um. The impact that would have had, you know, because that was, it was you know a, a film that was a game changer in many ways, wasn't it? Going from as you said, going from the black and white to the colour. Yeah. Um. All the characters that, that just fantasy characters but they managed to bring them to life in such a, an amazing way and it still is an amazing film today so I think yeah what an amazing first film to watch to see The Wizard of Oz at the cinema as a child and that would stay with you as it did for him you know for your life long so yeah I can imagine that would be a good start to your cinema going adventure
1: but, but did you get what and I the fact meant... he got
3: to say the line of uh, when he crossed from Kansas into Missouri <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, because I was thinking, I went, with that, I was thinking like, when you mentioned the whole thing about dragging your friend around fields in Wales and everything, I was like, oh my word. <laughs> it's like maybe maybe we all have this tendency. Maybe we, maybe we don't realize because we're into something. We'll end up dragging people out. It made me, immediately made me think about his story about driving out of Kansas with um, driving out of Kansas with his wife and saying that line, and I could, and I could just see the eye roll. Yeah, I could okay. see, I could see the eye <laughs> roll that she gave him because I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I've been there, uh, <laughs> I've been there. Drag, like I said, dragging someone around Chicago. Like your Blues I, I, Brothers
3: tour, yeah, yeah, Chicago.
1: Yes, it was. And but one of my favorite bits of that interview had to be the bit where um, Sean mentions was it Bodega Bay in San Francisco? Bodega yes, Bay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Birds. the big way you mentioned that he was like oh i was just about to say <laughs> yeah i know
2: i know it's it's what it's, one day we're going to have to do uh do sort of locations around the USA i've been to a few few places but that was just like when when he said he'd been there as well cuz i often say this badiga bay it's it's really really funny though but the house where the house where they where they're actually in the house is not in badiga bay it's it's in A place called Sebastopol, and it's sort of—it's nowhere near. well, it's—it's. I mean, it's the same sort of area, but it's not—it's not near the bay. So it just shows you how with cutting in the films. But yeah, so the the miracle of editing. The miracle of editing. I know I probably got cut off when I was talking about widescreen weekend. Yeah, but I think we should go next year, Sharon. I did ask you to go. Do you remember?
3: Yes, last year I was—it was just not a good time for me to go, but this year hopefully my availability well not hopefully if i still don't have a job by then my availability will be quiet <laughs> i will have much more availability to go you, you, yes. know, you know, this,
1: the, the, the funny thing about this is that it makes me begin to think that there's something about yorkshire that yorkshire might have been like some sort of cinematic hot for the uk because i was speaking at an interview i just did recently with a friend of mine karen She's the one who made the deal with me that I that uh, you know she'll come on the I said come on the podcast and I'll watch I'll catch up with Homeland and tell you what I think yeah, yeah. so yeah so she, she um she lives up in Leeds she and and the discussion started onto like she was like oh we've got some amazing cinemas in Leeds and like in Leeds apparently they have like the oldest gaslit cinema in the world which I don't oh, know wow. what that means. It's, wow. it's oh, not in the world, but in the, U- in the UK. And one of them was, one of the, it's something like it was the first cinema that showed some kind of film. The, but apparently that's like a sort of historic hospital. And then you talk about Bradford, which is right beside Leeds and Bradford having this widescreen weekend. So I'm seeing that when we're actually allowed to go back in and once we can do all this sort of stuff, I say we do, uh, yeah, I agree with you, Sean. We have a Netflix versus cinema road trip, wide, big widescreen weekend, and we actually do the podcast from, from the widescreen weekend,
2: that, w- that that would be something special. That'd be something special. Yeah, it's um, it was it's, it's know, great. No, Patrick's so, in.
1: Patrick said he's in. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> for, <think> me, <laughs> for me, for me, the highlight. I mean, I know they do show loads of other films widescreen, but the highlight is the celluloid Saturday because you still get the old scratchy prints. You know, because everything's so nice now, isn't it? All mm. streamed yeah, in all and HD. Stuff, yeah. But and and the last one we saw, Death Mute, heroin with that x certificate sign just was just like oh it's just like i don't know it's just like oh yes you know it's uh, a real trip back so yeah i mean it's well worth it it's well worth the weekend
1: yeah so. it's, it's funny because sean you know you've been talking about getting onto facebook groups and getting into sort of like discussions of the westerns i joined one called film club i joined the facebook group called film club and there was somebody mm-hmm. on there who said something like oh a poll shows that 70% of people wouldn't feel happy going back into cinemas. Do we think this is the death of cinemas? And I was like, Huh, this is like exactly what we've been talking about over the last couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, well, I can tell you that I've been thinking about this for. A, it's like you can just imagine me type, sat, sat there, typing at my computer, going, going, like, well, I can tell you that uh, I've been talking about this for a, a long length, and this is what we've come to. This is the conclusions we come to, and I was essentially being that snotty person that comes up and goes, well, this is the full, <laughs> this is the full argument here. This, 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 this. Cinemas have to raise their game. Yeah, QED. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny that other just came on, and i was just kind of like oh yeah yeah we we have been talking about this so it's but people have been talking about it but i think um widescreen weekend widescreen weekend go there do the thing from there because i still think as i said what this lockdown has shown me is that cinema is not there isn't anything that can replace cinema no uh, there's, no there's, there's
3: absolutely a place
1: for it yeah there's there's anything like a the the way the way Sean's talking about it, now, you can actually, you, okay, we're on a Zoom call, and so Sean has this angle that looks like right up his nose right now. I can see right up Sean's <laughs> nose, but, but, um, but. Um, uh, but you should see Sean's eye. Sean, Sean went all misty-eyed when he was talking about, oh, when it came over with the celluloid Saturday. You could see the scratchy print and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you, you could you could just sort of see Sean's Sean's eyes go a little a little bit misty when he talked about how much it, how much it meant to actually watch that that print again. So I say, yeah, widescreen weekend. That's that's going to happen.
3: Weekend. But referencing Patrick's interview again, he was saying about how cinemas obviously sort of grew out of the whole theatre. Yes. Culture with the stage and the curtains and the way a cinema is arranged, you know, with the sort of the seats that go up and the the way we are you're presented with the performance. And you think people have been gathering in theatres since you know before the Romans. You know, the Romans had their their coliseums and they had their amphitheatres, and nearly every big big town had a form of amphitheatre because there's something about a shared experience, about a shared entertainment that you know we've been doing for thousands of years and one they it's horrible one horrible virus is is not going to change that desire yeah, no, of, sort of yeah. human behavior to have shared
1: to have shared experiences yeah I, I think that that's a big thing i mean we mentioned that this being mental health awareness week and it's the fact that i think that's a big thing for people is realizing uh, i've got a friend who's in he's in california at the moment simon hi simon how you doing You've, you've got to mention. You've got to start listening now to the podcast. Yeah, and, and Simon is quite a. He's quite a. He's quite a sort of introvert. He he sort of likes being on himself. It's like, and even he is going, yeah, I'm an introvert, but this is getting a bit crazy now. I I, I he's like, I'm, I'm beginning to crave human contact. So it's even the people who think they don't like people, I begin to realize the point of other people. So so I think I think when we are actually allowed to go back into cinemas and. Whether it's a drive-in or whether it's going to be the widescreen weekend, I think there's going to be a massive just influx as people just go there and be like, "Yes, yes, never leave us again." (laughs) Even if we're dressed
3: in a hazmat suit with our own little screen here, Uh, we are still going to be in the same room.
1: I I will, I will take what I'll take that. I'll take that hazmat suit. I'll take that. I have to go buy my own one. I'll take that.
3: With a big dome so that you can maybe get your hand in and get your popcorn if you want to. <laughs> There's quite, quite roomy, aren't they, in there? You could probably put your top popcorn inside, take your arms out, and then just be, you'd be happy I, inside. Yeah.
1: I, I reckon that it should a be a hazmat suit. That, uh, I think a hazmat suit that kind of has like a tray in the middle, and then you yeah. get in there and like you get locked into your hazmat suit with all of your popcorn and yeah, everything. All your gear.
3: Like that. So you look like Robbie the robot. Exactly. But he, so he's got like that big, nice. Roomy bit, so yeah, you could have a all sorts going on in there, couldn't you? And you just pull your arms in and say hey, you're away.
1: Yeah, exactly. I was, I was actually thinking that I should start marketing hamster balls for humans. So yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> can get
3: buy some disused orbs. Yeah, I think we exactly. don't want those orbs anymore. We'll just sit in one of them
1: get 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 us over just roll around town that's that's your own self-isolation pod just yeah. rolling roll around town. Gonna, Aha, take that virus and then if you want to <laughs>
3: have a bit of fun you can just bump someone
1: with it yeah well yeah, yeah. It, 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 we could replace cars with it we'd just be bumping into each other i'm gonna bump on my way from london to manchester yeah <laughs> oh okay uh right now the thing is with patrick there were just so many things that he. i was actually making a list of all the films that got name checked while <laughs> during the interview with patrick i, like, oh I tried God.
3: to i lost my way halfway through
1: it, it does it, it it is extensive it is extensive the sort of the number of films that just got name checked as we were talking about it and i'm I glad were... sky
3: western crooked got a name check though i was yes. quite pleased about that one yes. of my hidden gems
1: Yes, because Sky Western Crooked. Uh, okay, Sh- Sharon. Now this is an interesting thing. If you go on Spotify and you search Sky Western Crooked, that episode is the only thing that comes up wow (laughs) that episode is the (laughs) only thing that goes i tried it and it's like it's the jerk sky western crooked and i can't remember what what, uh what the final thing we did was uh, i know we're back on the whole thing where we're we're, instead of talking about netflix or cinema we're talking about they don't make them like they used to but but it's when he said oh yeah sky western crooked i was like i think you actually heard the audible gasp from me on the interview i was kind of (laughs) 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 that's one of ours Uh, i was actually i was actually kind of the, to be honest with you what i i was thinking right uh, one of the things that well, i was thinking when we had the interview with patrick sean was that i was thinking man we should have fought, found this guy four years ago when well, we're still doing they don't make him yeah 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 yeah
3: it
2: would have been andy wouldn't it? It been yeah. andy. he he would
1: have been andy he's he's almost kind of like you know a walking history of the of of cinema, all that whole thing—he's like a walking mm. history of it, and it's—and as I said, I do want to get him back on because, as as I said, some of the questions I wanted to ask, or supplemental questions I want to ask, depending on how long lockdown goes on, is I want to know favorite movie viewing experience, favorite theater you've been in, mm. all those sort of things, and I think he would have some great, great stories. So now, as we usually do, we shall end up with what do we think they look like based on their voice. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Sean, thank you very much for letting me go first uh, this way now based on his voice alone, based on how Patrick sounds like, I reckon he has the voice of a man who has held on to a good head of hair. Yep,
2: yep, yep. I'll agree with that. Okay. Yeah, he has, he has a voice
1: that. of a man who has held on to a good head of hair like, well, all the way to his 70s. So I reckon good head of hair because he's 70, I'm going to say he's gray. Um, and now this, this this is the bit where it might get insulting. Um, <laughs> I imagine him in almost kind of, oh, that's it. You know the where this original Adverts. Oh yeah, yes. like grand, like a granddad type. <laughs> the one, granddad. Yeah. granddad. I, I feel like his clothes are like the granddad. So if they whether I think and I,
3: cords and cardigan,
1: cords cardigans, round about six foot tall, and um because of that, full head of hair, all silvery, all silvery, and all that kind of stuff. It's uh, that's yeah okay <laughs> right uh, for
3: me.
2: I think he's he's quite tall. I think he's quite tall, and he's got a good head of hair. I don't think he's quite grey. I think he's probably. One of these people that's that that's sort of kept his colour a little bit, and oh, I think pepper. he's probably co- I I think he's quite um, <laughs> uh, what should we say? Quite live, you know, not like a quite that. What's the word? Live, you know, oh, like not, oh, not oh, oh, like, and stuff, but yeah, but like sort sinewy, of sinewy, uh, tall, a nice, but yeah, yeah, tall, sinewy, gangly, sort of, uh, yeah, sort of a, uh, um, perhaps perhaps a he bit of a. He escaped the middle bridge. Perhaps a, perhaps a David Niven moustache. You know, sort of a bit, you know, <laughs> oh, you know, a bit, a bit, okay. a bit David Niven, Niveny sort of thing. But anyway, so that's
1: my my David my, Niven. My... Okay, Cheryl, what do you reckon?
3: <coughs> well, he referenced <coughs> his Irish roots, didn't he? he said yes. He's got all oh, this sort of Irishness about him. So I was thinking, someone, yeah, who's quite trim, um, clean shaven, graying. I thought graying. Um, I was thinking, would he be curly headed? Or would he be more tamed? So I think he probably hasn't. So I was thinking my thoughts were going towards like a young John Mills with a hint of Graham Norton about him.
1: (laughs) 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 That is a combination if I ever heard one. Yeah. (laughs) So he's got that
3: twinkle. I think he's got that Irish twinkle. But with the John Mills, the sort of like that, that 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 frame and that upright sort of, he's been raised in sort England, but he's got that hint of the Irish. So I was, good, you know, John Mills with a hint of a twinkle, an Irish twinkle.
2: <laughs> oh wow, that's a good combination, actually, isn't it? So it's probably it's probably a mixture of all of those.
1: You know, I'll I'll be really surprised though. I, I think I think it would be hilarious if he tells her to be like, you know, totally bald, five foot nothing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> with a full beard, like Father with the, Christmas.
1: With a full with a full beard and dresses like Mick Jagger or something. <laughs> yeah,
3: Whereas we've got like a golfing dad to usually listen to listen to Terry Wogan. Yes, sir. <laughs> Patrick,
1: Patrick, if you're listening to this, we apologize. We are so yes. sorry. <laughs> we are so sorry. Unfortunately, you've already seen us, so you can't have any revenge. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so you know what we look like. Alright, cool. Um oh, one more thing I want to say before I go is um So, Sharon, you know the Zooniverse. That you you were yes. uh, get you were getting involved with the Zooniverse and you were doing a whole bunch of stuff on there. Uh, yeah. we <laughs> uh so superfan nina was listening to the show and she go back in touch with me going what was that thing again where sharon was doing all the transcription and all that and i was like oh i know exactly where this is going because <laughs> <laughs> because nina's husband will he is a massive massive kind of like he he's like a research buff i think essentially it, it's not particularly it doesn't matter what the topic is if you give will something to research and find out about and come back and tell you xyz he loves it. He, <laughs> he absolutely loves it. So Nina said that and I was kind of like, you know, I was, when Sharon mentioned it, my first thought was about Will and I did think, I, I won't mention it to Nina, I'll let her keep her husband for a couple, of, <laughs> for a couple <laughs> more weeks because now she's, she's kind of figuring that, oh, well, between renovating a house and the Zooniverse, she might lose him. But,
3: yeah. but... Oh, but if you get, if you explore Zooniverse, there's so much in there. They have about 100 current projects and so, if you want to look at star maps, if you want to look at underwater footage of penguins, if you want to do what I do, which is um, recording anti-slavery manuscripts or the war dead of the First World War, you can record you know, their burial details. There's there's so much stuff, or even bird watching. If you're into birds, you can help. Um, record you know, the birds of the 1950s. So, oh. Oh I, there's so much on there. So there's basically, if you have an interest, you'll find something that will tap into that.
2: Is there anything about the cinema?
3: Well, there was the, um, war, the, uh, the closest thing was the Orson Welles letters. I helped transcribe some of those. They had the whole, le- le- they, they, they produced all of the letters written to Orson Welles after the broadcast of the War of the Worlds.
1: And they had handwritten
3: ones and they had typed ones and you basically transcribe them so anyone has access to those. But they were only about 2000 of them. So basically, the volunteers like fell upon those. And they were literally the entire archive was transcribed in two days.
2: <laughs> so, I
3: did. I was lucky. I did. I managed to do five of those letters, and some of them were absolutely fascinating. They were, they were wonderful pieces of sort of social history. So, but you have some of the, if they're really, you think it's going to be a popular one, you've got to get in there quick because yeah. basically there's thousands of volunteers all around the world who are going, yes, and then they will fall upon it. So, uh, but yeah, uh, there, is a, there is a humanities and there's an arts section. So, if you're interested in the arts, you can go in and you'll find they sometimes they put up different things. Okay, no, I wonder, I
2: wonder if there's anything about the old West.
3: <laughs> the old yeah west. I'm to think they did there was some there was, the Australian West, they had they had all the records of Australian convicts. You could transcribe the records of all the Australian convicts. Wow. So you've got their whole their basically their their, their record, you have their name, where they arrested for, all their convictions, where they're in prison. I... You had the entire Australian convict thing, and All there's right. like Anzacs. You can do Anzac records. So there's you've got to hunt for it, but there's certainly, but probably the thing. Well, you can do the American uh, Civil War soldiers. There's a whole there's a whole archive on those. I
1: can I can just feel Sean. I can feel Sean circling the rabbit hole. Sean circling. Uh, the yeah. Hole. He's on the periphery. We go that rabbit hole, about about to go in. But you know, I'm not sure whether it's just me, but uh, whether but it might be an OW thing. But usually, whenever people say Orson Welles, my first thought is Oscar Wilde, and I, yes. I, I <laughs> and so whenever they say Orson Welles, I'm thinking, oh yeah, his yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Oscar Wilde, <laughs> and, and, then, and then you're like letters to letters to, him. I'm like, oh yeah, those must have been quite interesting, especially because you know at that time you know it must have been quite difficult with him that he had to hide his homosexuality. Maybe put that in the letters, and then you say radio radio tran, radio broadcast, and I'm like, what? Oh, oh oh yeah, it's the other guy. It's the, <laughs> it's the, the other OW. Other it's the other OW. But I, I always for for like probably about 30 seconds, whenever somebody mentions one of their names, I always get confused with the other one. Even though yeah. I know they're different people. But there's something about that OW that just sort of like baboozles me. Um uh okay. Anyway. I think we will stop there and <laughs> until the next time. <laughs> Till next week, when I think our interview will be it's probably going to be Arun, a friend of mine called Arun, who goes in depth into superhero movies and why they are so great. Um, oh, okay. So un- yeah. Until next time, it's a goodbye from me. It's goodbye,
3: a goodbye from, from me. From me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: We waited there. Okay. So goodbye We're from both me. See <laughs> I love that. But you guys being so British about it. After you. No. After you. After you. Okay. No, and, no, oh you. no. We're at the same, the same time. <laughs> oh, We're gonna at the same time. All right. Cool. <laughs> Until next week, we'll see you guys. Bye.
3: Bye.